Hey, this is Kate Bitterlich from OutbackFitness.com, and today I have a very special interview for you, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the shoulder. Uh, we're going to be discussing the importance of scapular stabilization, uh, primarily for pre preventing and treating your shoulder injuries. So we'll also talk a little bit about uh, chronic injuries and pain and the best way to manage these situations. So on the line today, I've got a very special guest, Rick Casellas from Exercises for Injuries. Uh, and I'll hand it over to him in a moment to introduce himself, and then we'll get into the questions. All righty. Thanks, Rick. Take it away. Okay. Thank you very much, Kate. So my name is Rick Casellas, and what, and what I am is I'm kind of an injury um, injury and exercise expert. And what that ends up meaning is I help people overcome their injury and pain utilizing exercise. And so I'm a trainer in Vancouver, BC, Canada. And when I was, you know, early on in my career, what would happen was I would have people come to the gym and everyone that I saw had some sort of lingering injury that needed to be dealt with. And a lot of times they say, I have this. Do you know of some exercise that I can do for this injury? And as I kind of kept seeing more and more of these clients, it kind of forced me to head out there and do more research and better understand injuries and what exercises to do for different types of injuries and pain. And it ended up evolving from the training and then teaching other trainers and coaches out there on what exercises to do. And then now I kind of have exercisesforinjuries.com where I kind of blog and write and do videos and and create uh, injury workouts on uh, a wide variety of injuries. So that's kind of uh, who I am, Kate. Wonderful, Rick. This is fantastic. I know your website's been going for quite some time. It's been very beneficial to both myself and my clients. And uh, you have a really fantastic product that you have created based on scapular stabilization, which has helped myself and my clientele. Uh, so can you tell me primarily who the the product you created was targeted towards your scapular stabilization. Okay. And maybe for those that don't know, maybe I'll kind of explain what scapular stabilization is. If Perfect. we look Well, yeah. you've got it. <laughs> if we kind of look into the shoulder, there's three groups of muscles that end up playing a role. There's the superficial muscles, and those are the kind of the muscles that we can end up seeing. You know, uh, chest, like pec major, uh, shoulders, like deltoid, and in the back, latissimus dorsi. So those are the superficial muscles, and they end up providing gross movements, gross, you know, gross movements moving the arm. Now, the second group ends up stabilizing the, you know, the bone into the shoulder whenever you do any type of movement. So they end up turning on, you know, pulling um, the upper arm into the shoulder joint in order to keep it nice and fixed uh, whenever you move the arm, and those end up being the rotator cuff muscles. Well, the third group that isn't often talked about are the, are the shoulder blade muscles or scapular stabilizers, and these are all the muscles that end up being around that shoulder blade because what that shoulder blade muscle ends up doing is it ends up moving the shoulder blade whenever we move our arm, and when that shoulder blade ends up moving, it ends up keeping the rotator cuff muscle in ideal alignment so the rotator cuff muscle can end up working you know, most effectively and efficiently. 
what oftentimes ends up happening is because those shoulder blade muscles are a stabilizer, if there's any type of pain, if there's any type of injury, if there's poor posture, these muscles end up being turned off and not working properly and increasing your risk of a number of injuries. Um, it can be like neck pain. It can be shoulder impingement, frozen shoulder. Um, that ends up increasing your risk of, and then also and increasing your risk of the ro rotator cuff injuries because since the scapular muscles aren't doing their job, the rotator cuff muscles end up having to work even harder, and eventually they can't take it in anymore and get injured. So that ends up being kind of the little story on what those scapular muscles are and why they're so important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this kind of uh, issue affects so many people, any kind of neck pain, shoulder pain. So really this is such a great product in that it can apply to anyone really in the general population. I mean, it definitely, because like one thing that I'll end up seeing is you know, if we look most of most of our lives now, you know, North America involves sitting, so it could end up being driving or uh, going on on the subway to work, uh, while we're at work sitting, while we're at home watching TV, while checking email. It all ends up being in the sitting position, and if we end up being you know rounded forward in the shoulders, what that ends up doing is it ends up lengthening um, those scapular muscles and putting them in a poor position so they can't end up. Uh, working properly and that ends up putting more stress on that rotator cuff muscle and also that poor posture puts the shoulder in a poor position and the head in in a poor position you know increasing the risk of pain in those two areas the shoulder and neck and then also increasing the risk when it comes to neck and shoulder pain so it's important to end up addressing those scapular muscles and a common mistake that people do when it comes to, oh, I need to work my shoulder blade muscles or I need to work my scapular muscles, is they'll end up just focusing on like rowing movements. And that's good. It ends up, it's important to work on those rowing movements. That's one of the movements and one of the muscle groups that you want to end up working on. But it's very much like, you know, just living off of, you know, one type of food out there. It's like just like eating, you know, vegetables and only eating vegetables and not eating everything else. There are other movements and muscles that you need to end up focusing in on when it comes to targeting those scapular muscles. Ah, very, it's very interesting because it also then, I think, sounds like you need to get some activation happening as well. And I think that's a, what a lot of people forget about when uh, they go to do a workout, like you say, and they just start to row when there are a whole range of different motions. Uh, so, you know, you'll also talk about uh, prehabilitation right now and rehabilitation. Can you explain a little bit about the difference between the two and how they can be incorporated into an exercise program? Yeah, I mean, you, if we look at the difference between, you know, prehabilitation and rehabilitation, rehabilitation is, you know, recovery from an injury, and you can you know, pretty much recovery from an injury. And prehabilitation is doing things that end up kind of preventing injury. So that ends up being the definition of the two. And when it comes to this rehabilitation, this prehabilitation, a lot of people think that that's all they have to do. They have to go and do like 
30 minutes or like an hour and a half of all these low-level exercises that aren't really a very exciting. You know, they're not helping them reach their fitness goals or their fat loss goals um, or their performance goals, and that isn't the case. I mean, how, how what I end up doing is I end up intertwining those rehabilitation and rehabilitation exercises into someone's program so that they end up spending maybe five, ten minutes just working on these specific exercises. Wow, excellent. I mean, this is great because I also feel like a lot of people bypass all these kinds of movements because they're often not the most exciting in an exercise program. Yeah, definitely. Or well, we've been... You know, let's and I've had this experience. Like I've gone to physical therapy for my back pain. I injured my back, and I was at physical therapy, and they gave me a whole bunch of exercises. And I just remember sitting, you know, laying there for 45 minutes doing these, you know, very boring exercises that you know helped a little bit, but it, it almost put me to sleep. <laughs> yeah, everyone goes to sleep there, right? <laughs> um, so there's also a point where one of these kinds of uh, shoulder or neck injuries really becomes a chronic problem. Uh, Now, when it comes to exercise, people sometimes fear movement because any kind of movement increases their pain. So when you're exercising, Rick, when do you think is a good time to rest and when do you think is a good time to just continue and work out despite having pain? Um. I am not a fan of absolutely zero rest, like laying down in bed and doing absolutely nothing. There are very, you know, there are very few injuries that that would end up being something that would be recommended. And even if it's recommended, it's only for a few days. I would recommend people, you know, keep moving and keep doing something. Even if you have, you know, an injury, you can always end up working around that injury or focusing on something else. So let's say it's the shoulder that you've kind of injured um, or irritated. There's still lots of abdominal work, you know, back mm-hmm. work, legs, glute work that you can end up doing and focusing in on while still recovering when it comes to that shoulder injury. And they talk about if you look at the sports performance side of things, they, the wording they end up using is like, how do I maintain a training effect? while still injured because that's i mean pretty much every professional athlete is injured in some capacity even though they're still playing on a day-to-day basis or performing on a day-to-day basis and we kind of need to be the the same you know we need to keep doing things but there's we can you know shift our focus to other areas um, is what i would end up suggesting to do and then also you can end up decrease or you know regressing the exercises so they're not as challenging of an exercise you know so for example it would be you know let's say you're doing push-ups and you're doing full push-ups from the floor you know those end up being challenged or you've kind of irritated your shoulder or injured your shoulders that's going to be too challenging or hard there's no reason why you couldn't regress that and go from the knees or regress the full push-up and have elbows tight, that ends up being mm-hmm. easier on the shoulder as opposed to having the elbows move at 45 degrees or 90 degrees. Or you can even end up moving into standing and do a wall push-up, um, you know, wall push-up with, you know, tubing wrapped around your hands and back. So that ends up making it more challenging. I can end up doing like a one-arm push-up on the wall or one-arm push-up uh, with one leg on the wall. So 
it's less demanding and challenging on the shoulder. I mean, I'm still working the shoulder, um, but I can kind of keep exercising because when I move up from the floor and go to the wall, I'm challenging a lot more when it comes to the core abdominal area. Great, absolutely. And that's also another key uh, factor, I think, when doing any of these kinds of movements is having the core activation and the stability to be able to, to move freely. I mean, definitely, and more and more research is coming out there when it comes to, um, you know, having a good core, a good core when it comes to activation, endurance, and strength, when it relates to lower body injuries. So having a good, strong core, you know, decreases your risk of, you know, ankle, knee, hip injuries. And then also it ends up decreasing your risk when it comes to, you know, upper body like shoulder and neck injuries. Absolutely. So core is the way forward. I mean, it's definitely, you know, I've been having a shift in my thinking that, you know, I'm doing more core work on a regular basis and even pretty much like on an everyday basis. But once again, what I'll end up doing is let's say I'll I'll have maybe an intense workout, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday, Thursday, I will probably have a less intense workout that focuses a little bit more on, you know, like movement, core exercises, when it comes to the stability side, you know, a little more recovery, let's say foam rolling for self-massage, you know, working on some, you know, yoga movements and flexibility to kind of help me when it comes to the recovery side of things so I'm ready for the next day's workout. Great, perfect. So just a question, as as a fitness professional, and you have a client with shoulder shoulder pain, when is it past your point of being able to help them and when should you refer them to somebody else? I have, my criteria is if, it's, if, it, if it happened because of, I mean, the really easy definition is if it ends up impeding their life and they have to change what they're doing when it comes to work, um, you know, home and fun, if it, it forces them to change those things, like I can't go to work or I'm having a difficult time doing things around the house, so I'm not going to do them, or I'm not going to you know, work out today, it's time to go get someone to take a look at it and rule out that it's something serious. And here in, in Canada, what I recommend is, you know, I recommend to go to the, the GP, so the, the medical doctor, have them look at things and rule out that it's anything serious. And if it is something more serious, they can fast track, um, they can fast track things to get taken a look at a lot faster than anyone else can. Now, that being said, you know, after you get the clearance from the doctor saying, hey, it's nothing serious, you know, it's okay, you should end up focusing on this, these things, well, now you need to kind of work on that, reco- that rehab side of things. And, uh, I mean, fitness and the trainer can end up helping when it comes to that rehab side of things. Sure, absolutely. And when the client then returns and begins to work out again, I think a lot of fitness professionals find that they ha- the client has some resistance to movement and some fear-based uh, issue with certain movements and really, really should be doing this kind of movement. And... Uh, I was wondering if you could suggest uh, any strategies that will help overcome 
this kind of resistance to exercising when they've had an injury. I end up, like, looking at the exercises we would traditionally get them to do, I would end up regressing them, so making them mm-hmm. easier, so decreasing the force that's ended up needing to do them. Um, mm-hmm. Other things I would end up doing is, you know, um, decreasing or eliminating the resistance, and the example was the push-up. When I'm on the floor, I'm fighting gravity to do the, to do the exercise. When I get up off the floor and go against the wall, I don't have as much resistance from anything or gravity I'm still able to do the exercise. And another concept that I kind of look at with my clients is trying to build on, um, uh, on better, And meaning I would ask them, you know, how is that exercise? Does it make things better, worse, or the same? So when it comes to your injury or pain. Now, if it makes it worse, I'm, I'm going to check and see if they're doing the exercise correctly. You know, if it doesn't make any, you know, it's not better, it's not, there's no change, kind of like getting someone to stretch and they really don't feel the the stretch and you kind of correct them and make sure they're doing the stretch right. There's still no benefit, so you just cut the exercise out. But if it feels better, then I want to build on better. I want to build exercises onto better. Um, So there's lots of the, the fitness professional can end up doing and how I would end up looking at it is, you know, safe, extra, safe contractions that you can end up doing. And if we look at the contraction of a muscle, there's like isometric contraction, concentric contraction, eccentric contraction, and how things go from safe to more um, challenging is, you know, an isometric contraction is safe. You know, next is concentric, and then after that is eccentric. So a lot of isometric work you can end up doing, and it ends up being safe on that injured area. So if we look at like core training, a lot of the exercise that we end up getting people to do when it comes to core training are isometric contractions. So so they're holding their bodies in neutral and they're contracting their muscles to kind of prevent any movement happening. And that ends up being a nice safe contraction to do. And that would end up applying when it comes to like the hip it would end up applying to when it comes to the neck. It would end up applying when it comes to the shoulder. Fantastic. I mean, this is this is really great. Uh, it makes perfect sense to hold the isometric contraction so they're not moving through uh, any range, which can then either go wrong if they don't feel that they're strong or stable enough, um, but also work the muscle uh, in order to still get benefit from working out. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, Rick, well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for, for joining me on the call, and thank you for your time. It's been fantastic. Thank you, and, uh, and I, I can let people know where to get more information about me. Um, so my name is Rick Casella. If you head on over to exercisesforinjuries.com, you know, there's a whole bunch of information when it relates to exercise and injuries. It's kind of targeted to the trainer and the coach. And then I have a second site called, you know, shoulderpainsolved.com. And that's where I kind of focus in on, uh, you know, the, the, the general public, the, the, you know, the regular person when it comes to injuries uh, and pain. So people can head to one of those two places and see what I end up doing, learn more what I do. And if they have any questions, they can just... Um, Leave them on the site, and I'll answer them. Wonderful. Thank you, Rick. This is this is being really fantastic, and definitely go and check out his site. It's 
it's got some very great information for everybody. All right, thank you, Rick.